Ladies and gentlemen. That's right, I'm here with two ladies and one gentleman. My name is Wrestle Life Matt. I'm here with Wrestle Life Radio. And I'm here with my lovely wife, B Dubs. I'm here with my little brother, Micah. And I'm here with his lovely lady, Riley. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hello. I just, every time I do that, Micah just responds with whatever I say. One of these days, I'm going to say something ridiculous. I'm going to say, say this ridiculous thing. And then Micah's still going to do it. I'm going to be like the crowd with the what chants. Doesn't matter what you say, I'm still going to chant it. Or just randomly start chanting CM Punk just because you don't like what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, seems fair. Seems fair. We're here today to talk about a slightly sensitive issue, but we don't care. We're going to talk about it anyway. And we're going to talk about intergender wrestling. So for those of you that follow independent or semi-major North American wrestling promotions, you know that Tessa Blanchard, the daughter of legendary four horsemen Tully Blanchard, also Sean Spears' uh, manager, recently won the Impact, formerly known as TNA, Championship. This is the same title. It's technically not the same because TNA used to be the NWA title, but this is the same line that was held by AJ Styles, Sting, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Samoa Joe. So this is this is a major wrestling championship that Tessa Blanchard has won. And yes, I know Impact isn't the same as it used to be. It's not nearly as big as it was when it was in its TNA days, but she beat Sammy Callahan for it. And she's held it for a little while now. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. To give a little bit of history, uh, just in major professional wrestling in North America, or in the United States of America, WWE used to do intergender matches during the Attitude Era. Most of the time, they were miserably bad. And in those matches, either the men were embarrassed or the women were bullied. And yes, you can argue that you can't be bullied in a wrestling match, but just go back and watch them. They were awful. Um, Now we have mixed tag matches where you can only touch the person that is of the same gender. But that rule is broken all the time because women always attack men in these matches. It's often a face woman attacking a heel man. And the reason for this is because Vince McMahon does not believe that women are as strong as men. Now, in wrestling, you can argue, okay, maybe mostly. If you look at Alexa Bliss and Bobby Lashley, your eyeballs will tell you which one's stronger but let's be real here. This is Vince McMahon. He's old. He's sexist. All right. But on the other side of that coin, and Mike, I'm going to let you talk about this a little bit. There was an AEW Dark episode where AEW was testing the waters of intergender wrestling. And you had Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford wrestling Kenny Omega and, and Riho. And Mike, you don't really need to go move for move. But can you tell me how Riho and Penelope Ford were kind of portrayed in that match? Uh, really just like any other men would be in that situation. Uh, Riho actually ended up doing a Snapdragon suplex on Kip Sapien. And I think that may have actually been what led to the end of the match. Um, It was a really good match. It was, uh, from the cruise ship. It wasn't actually even intended to be aired. It wasn't really recorded with AEW cameras. It was recorded with like a, like a cell phone. Um, and apparently Kenny Omega fought for, um, it to be released because he's been fighting for intergender wrestling coming into AEW. Uh, Tony Khan actually was quoted when AEW started because a lot of the talent uh, on AEW, Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, um, Kenny Omega, obviously uh, Penelope Ford, a lot of them did intergender wrestling in the Indies. 
That's a big um, deal in the Indies now. Yeah, it's it's a really big deal. So uh, obviously, them being a more indie focused company, everybody thought, "Hey, intergender wrestling." And Tony Khan was actually quoted as saying, it, "It will never happen in AEW." Uh, okay. This was right in its uh, birth of the company. So maybe his uh, opinion has been swayed by Kenny and and some of the other uh, EVPs and some of the other talent, maybe. But uh, yeah, it uh, it was a really good match. I'm glad they got to show it. Uh, Kenny actually does a little promo afterwards, not even really a promo, just talking to the crowd, um, saying how you know this is kind of the future of wrestling. You know, we we saw one when uh, women weren't taken seriously. Then we saw the other, uh, I guess, more progressive uh, things happening in wrestling recently, and uh, he thinks this is the next step for wrestling. So. I thought it was a it was a really good uh, speech. It's definitely a really good match, and if you haven't seen it, I think you should go watch it. That's actually a pretty a pretty big opinion right now, where that's kind of where wrestling's moving, and uh, so that's what we're here to talk about. So I'm going to let Carol and Riley answer this one. Mike and I will keep our mouths shut for this very first question, and then we will give our very male biased opinions. We're not biased, guys. We're really not. Um, I'm biased. So, <laughs> so, Riley, I'm going to let you answer this one first. So, as far as intergender wrestling goes, do you find it empowering to women at all, or do you think it might have the opposite effect? Um, I think it depends on how the matches are portrayed. Um, I think it has a really good chance of empowering women. I don't think that they should make the women win, like, every single time just to prove that they're strong and all that stuff. I think that um, it needs to be tastefully done. But I do think it would be empowering to women, definitely. What do you think, honey? I think it does depend on the intention. Um, If you're, like Riley said, tasteful. Um, If you pit Alexa Bliss against Bobby Lashley and... Alexa wins without a very convincing match, it's not going to be empowering. It's going to be silly. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're, you know, like spoiler alert, wrestling is fake. Right. Wrestling is scripted. So, don't use the F word here. Predetermined. <laughs> it's a story. That's it is being a story. Wrestlers here. <laughs> so if it's a story that's being written, then we can write, we can make this work. Somebody's, a talented writer can make this work. Um, so I think that it has the, I think it has the potential to, to put more women in the spotlight more often. I don't know if that's necessarily empowering, um, but it, I get it could be depending on how it goes. Okay. So Mike, I'm going to let you open up with this next question since uh, the girls have already been able to share a little bit. So if a major U.S. wrestling company, so we're talking WWE or AEW, if either of them introduce intergender tag matches, would you be on board with that? I think that's the best way to introduce it to an American audience. Um, well, I guess you've, had, you've, you've got you know, impact and all that, but let's be honest, nobody's watching. Um, that's 100% correct. <laughs> if, you, if you really wanted to introduce it, um, I mean, you have intergender tag matches with WWE, and I personally think they're stupid. Um, if you're going to do it, do it right. Right. Um, I don't – if you're going to have – I mean, and, and I know – I never really got to watch uh, a lot of the intergender matches. I mean, I, I saw them, but I don't remember them. I was I was pretty young. Um, I remember in SmackDown versus Raw, 
you could do the intergender matches. I remember when that was a thing, and I remember when that started not being a thing. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird because you could, I think on even the new ones, you can do an intergender match, but as soon as you tag, the other one automatically tags out. And it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, what's the point of having this match if if you're not going to let the opponents be opponents? And even um, in the game, if the man hits the woman, you're disqualified. But if the woman hits right. the man, it's okay. Yeah. See, that's... That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's um, that's that's not cool to me. Um, yeah. If you're going to do it, if you're going to enforce it, enforce it both ways. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I would really honestly like intergender tag titles uh, coming to... to oh, to you want promotion. actual titles, not just a match? I mean, not yeah. just matches? Yeah, I think a, a intergender tag title would be really interesting for, uh, especially AEW to do, because um, Cody has said that the next title they have is going to be something like we've never seen. That would be really interesting. Uh, it would, because I don't know if we need a, I don't know if we need a in in. I'm not saying an intergender title, like a like I say a cruiserweight title that nobody cares about. I'm saying an intergender tag team title. So you'd have like Kenny and Riho, um, Pack and Nyla. Uh, you know, some, some Kip and Penelope teams we've seen together, uh, maybe like the Blade and the Bunny. I think that would be really interesting. It would make for some different matches, and it would add something else for people to aspire to. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything against intergender tag matches, really. And I I don't want to see women get bullied. Yeah. I would not want to see uh, Penelope Ford versus the Butcher, you know, right? that kind of thing. But the way they did it on the... Uh, the Riho and Kenny and Kip and Penelope match, it didn't. Not, nobody came off as getting bullied. Uh, nobody came off as weak. Riho in that match came off stronger than she has in, in any of her women's division matches. I mean, she kind of laid it to Kip Sapien a couple times. And on one hand, you know, I th- I think a lot of times, especially in the WWE, you would be using that to make the man look weak. Right, but it didn't come off that way. It just seemed like she was his opponent, and she was better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I really liked it, and I would, I would really like to see that in, uh, especially AEW. Okay, Riley, what do you think? Same. I think <laughs> the same. I think it'd be so awesome to have um, an intergender tag team title. Um, I I would love that idea. They've been teasing it a lot, especially on BTE with, you know, uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, Chris Statlander, Chris Statlander, and Kenny and Riho and Penelope and Kip. They've been teasing it a lot, and so I have a pretty good feeling it's going to happen soon. Um, and I would absolutely love that because it's so interesting to me. Um, and I love it whenever they are put up there as equals and not. Like one person's being bullied or like, hey, you can't hit this guy or you can't hit this girl. I don't know. I I think it'd be really cool to see. Okay. Carrie? I agree that the tag teams would be a great way to introduce it. It would make a lot of sense. Um, and then having it be very equal, like you said, it, where the goal of having a, a girl beat a guy the goal is not to make the guy look bad because if that's the case, then it's not empowering at all. Yeah. Um, if that's what you're talking about, but just being just that you're just opponents and just set that part aside and just say, this is my opponent and I'm going to wrestle. That's, that would be cool. Okay. 
I don't know if I'd be on board with an intergender tag title yet. And that's because there hasn't really been a whole lot of intergender tag matches in the United States. And even though AEW has done pretty much everything right, I want to make sure that they could do this right because I'm really jaded as a longtime WWE fan. Like if someone wanted to bring an intergender tag title to World Wrestling Entertainment, I would be vehemently, vehemently against it, 100%. Because watching, yeah, yeah. If you've been watching WWE for a while, you know, you know that they can't be trusted with those kind of matches. So AEW probably could, but let's. uh, I'd want to see before they just introduce the title. And we're going to move into my next question is, what if a major company introduced an intergender title? So a singles title. And Micah, you kind of touched on it. Um, And I'll I'll speak first. My concern, and I'm going to go deeper in what I just said, in bringing in an intergender title would be how it's portrayed. So let's say in the WWE, you have Bobby Lashley or Braun Strowman be the intergender champion. Then are they going to, are they going to face women? Or are they just going to face men until a smaller man beats them? And it's not saying that, you know, a small woman shouldn't go up against a big man. But let's be realistic here. Mm-hmm. If you have Riho versus Wardlow, what what kind of visual does that see? Mm-hmm. And there's there are very few exceptions. You know, we've all accepted Rey Mysterio as a major threat. But that took him over a decade to get there. It took him a long time. It took Chris Jericho a long time because he's... What five ten with he's he wears lifts so he's listed as what six one five nine yeah he was considered very small in his day and it took a long long time for us to take competitors like him or Ray or Eddie Guerrero or at looking up at today Finn Balor Johnny Gargano Adam Cole you know it takes a lot to be able to buy into those guys that they can actually be an actual challenge to someone like Brock Lesnar so. I don't know. I think that I really wouldn't want an intergender title right now. Uh, I just, I don't trust a company to be able to do it correctly because I don't want to see Bobby Lashley destroy Alexa Bliss. And that's not a visual I want to see, but I also don't want to see Alexa Bliss destroy Bobby Lashley. Mm -hmm. If Alexa Bliss drop kicks Bobby Lashley and he sells it, I'd just be like, well, this is clearly fake. This is dumb. And then I'd want to turn off the TV if I didn't do this podcast. So I don't know. I I think it would be difficult for me. Honey, what do you think? Um, I think I, yes, I think giving it some time to build and see if it actually works. Um, And I think not, like you were saying, pitting somebody like Bobby Lashley against Alexa Bliss, but also at the same time not going, okay, well, if we're going to have guys wrestling girls, then we're going to start with Marco Stunt. Right. Well, that's unfair. Because He's it's unfair to Marco Stunt. Weakest, yeah. It's unfair just to say, all right, we're going to pick our small guys. Well, that's that's not fair to them uh, to be kind of, it seems like pigeonholing them into yeah. that role. Um, so I think a lot of thought has to go into it and a lot of, what do what did you say? Scripting? Uh, yeah, scripting, yeah. But really, a lot of thought has to go into how do we make this look good? How do we make this seem natural? Um I think it, yes, I think I agree. Just coming out next week on Dynamite and saying, we're going to do this and here's the title. That would be, that's that, we're not ready for that. Right. Riley? Um, yeah, I think it definitely needs to build and have a little bit more teasing on Dynamite, definitely. Um, 
I like the idea of an intergender title, just individual, but I think it would be a little bit difficult. Like right now, there's not too many big guys in AEW. Um, So it wouldn't be too bad right now, I think. But um, I don't know if they could just select a certain amount of guys size-wise and like, you know, the girls or whatever and do that way or if that would be unfair. I don't know. I just don't think that huge guys should, you know what I mean? I mean, there's definitely a strength advantage there. Yeah. Um, and, and even though wrestling is scripted, you still want to make it look kind of realistic. Right. <laughs> yeah. I. So I only have one thought that I would think making an intergender title would work. Um, and that would be by weight class. Yeah. If you wanted to have a cruiserweight title for people between 100 and 150 pounds, maybe. Uh, even then, that's still a stretch. Yeah, it had to be more. Darby Allen weighs like 156, so. Yeah. He's like the um, second smallest guy on the roster. Because even yeah, then, the WWE was, I think, 225. So that would be basically. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, All these small guys walking around at 224. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, Matt Hardy, I think, was like 235 at the time. They billed him as 220. Um, I think we probably could do 200 pounds and that would take care of most of AEW's roster. Cause like, I think Kenny Omega is like 218. So it would be people smaller than him. Yeah. Um, and, and they could play around with it, but if they wanted to run it by weight class, cause even then you don't want to see Marco versus Nyla Rose. You don't because all that's going to do right. is right. Marco. Like Marco. Yeah, yeah right. it, it just makes Marco look like a dummy or or Awesome Kong versus Marco or uh, let's say, you know, they're trying to build Darby Allen. What if they tried to, you know, do Darby Allen versus Awesome Kong? Right. And and Awesome Kong won. That would look really bad for Darby. So if they did right. a weight class um, and I hate to say it, but they'd have to bring in more jobbers. Yeah, they would have to because you can't have you, you can say what you want to, but you can't have your top guys. Losing the, even your top females and it looking good to most of the audience. Right. You just, you just can't. Yeah. And that's the thing is the mindset is if she wins, he looks bad. Right. And so we have to seek into this slowly and give people a chance to get used to it, which slowly, very slowly. Yeah. I yeah. Think. You've, you've <laughs> really got to build some women as killers. Yes. In this situation. Yeah. yeah. So today... In the WWE or AEW, would you like to see any of the current women vie for any of the men's belts, Riley? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think I would like it to be definitely separate. Like, how did uh, what's her face do it? The one in Impact. Oh, Tessa. Yeah, didn't she, she, like, isn't it like yeah. a men's title belt? Yeah, it's the men's world champion. It's the world heavyweight championship. Yeah, so I don't like, I don't I don't like that. I don't, I don't like how that was specific to the men's division and she just swooped yeah. in and got it. I don't like that, but. Okay. Micah? Yeah, I think that would be awful. Um, would you want Chris Jericho to, to wrestle for the women's division title? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that answers our question. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, think just, for, work. I think for shock factor, 
it would be cool with the right person. So if like Shayna Baszler comes out and like whips Baron Corbin. Yeah. But as, as Mike <laughs> said, right. As you said, if a man, again, it's mindset. If a guy is like, well, I'm going to challenge for the women's side. And then it's like, well, that's weird, but it's, yeah, it sounds weird. So we need a lot of time to think about this. I don't think now is the right time for that. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. And let's talk about the Marvel Universe. I feel like most of our listeners that are wrestling fans have probably watched the Marvel movies. How awesome is Black Widow? And she is a normal human being just with a lot of training. Now, if you have a women's wrestler that maybe dominates the women's division for a solid year, let's say maybe someone like Becky Lynch, but someone bigger, okay? Maybe Becky Lynch, but the size of Rhea Ripley. And she goes, hey, I've already destroyed all the women. I will vacate this championship, and I'm entering the men's division. I don't want to see that in WWE, but in AEW, I I might could get on board with it. I might could. Because AEW is smart enough to know if this isn't working, we're going to drop it. Because they've done that with a lot of stuff, most recently with the Nightmare Collective. So I think it with the right person in the right setting after a significant amount of time, it would be fine. Uh, but there's no one on the roster of either right now that I want to see fight for any men's championship. Although I do like to see him in the see women in the Royal Rumble every once in a while in the men's Royal Rumble. I think it was fun. Uh, and we've got to see a man in the women's Royal Rumble this year. Right. So what? 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 <laughs> oh, sorry, Santina? Yeah. Oh, oh that, that's Santino's twin sister, right? My bad. My bad. <laughs> it's a very Jack and Jill situation. So if we're going to talk about women that could vie for uh, a men's championship, okay, they would have to find somebody like China. Yeah. Because if you brought China into AEW, I honestly believe she could probably beat up Jungle Boy. Yeah, she's she's probably bigger than he is. She she definitely was bigger than him. He weighs like 160 pounds. Yeah. Um, and she's probably taller than him too. She was what like five ten, five eleven. I can't remember, but she's definitely taller than he is. And and she did hold the Intercontinental Championship. Let's not forget. She did. I think she's the only woman to ever hold it, if I recall. It was, she was co-champion with Jericho or something. Uh, I actually think it was Eddie Guerrero. I'm pretty sure it was Jericho. Okay, I believe. Fact, fact check us on check, fact check us on that. Okay, I'm checking right now. So actually, China defeated Jeff Jarrett, and uh, she lost it to Jericho two months later, and then they became co-champions in January somehow. I don't know how. I'm not looking at the way. And then Jericho won it back a few weeks later. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so she was technically. A sole intercontinental champion. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's possible for a woman to be booked strongly. And uh, if they're going to do it, they have to have a woman like China. Yeah. China was actually billed as kind of the the muscle of Generation X, though. And that's with Triple H in the group. So that that is something different entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't say we... I don't know that I've ever seen a woman like China in sports entertainment no. since since China. Yeah, um, she's definitely unique. So maybe they'll maybe they'll find a China out there. I hope so. I don't know if there'll ever be anyone else like her, but you know, someone as unique. Uh, so, honey, do you see any major problems that could arise if a major promotion introduced intergender wrestling? I feel like we've touched on them at this point. What I would have said, things like, um, you know how to pair people up so that it doesn't look funny and, and and doing it in such a way as it doesn't make one person or the other quote look bad um or 
devalue some of these titles even further than they some of these you guys talk about it a lot how some of these titles seem to hold no weight right um and so i think what could end up happening is they get kind of tossed around to the point that they lose more meaning um i don't know i think yeah i think it's rife with potential for problems uh if handled by somebody like vince (laughs) (laughs) that's true micah can you see anything um, so there's a lot of problems that arise out of it. You have very serious booking issues you'll run into. Um, not only that, but, you know, growing up in the mid and the deep South, you're going to have a lot of people that don't like it. Um, right. all of these, you know, good old boys out, you know, in South Alabama where we live, it's, it's going to be an issue. And, you know, granted, most of them probably aren't watching AEW as it is. Right. Um, most of them, them are probably sticking with WWE or even maybe NWA power. That kind of seems like more their speed. And it's like the old uh, territory style wrestling. Um, AEW is more of a young crowd, a more progressive crowd, uh, a lot more indie crowd. It's, but still, they're gonna, they want as many viewers as they can. If they ever want to compete with WWE or SmackDown, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to do some things to attract those people because that is the majority of wrestling fans. That's the majority of people sitting in front of their TV watching wrestling on a Monday night. You know, right. so if if they want to attract those kind of fans, that's gonna turn them away. So you'd have to handle it very delicately. And not only that, you're also gonna have to have to handle it very delicately because of advertisers. Right. You know, if you have Wardlow out there beating up on Riho, you know, Pepsi or whoever is not gonna like it, and they're not gonna want their ads ran on your show. And right. if they don't get their ads run on your show, TNT doesn't get their money, and you don't get another contract. So yeah. I think that's what Tony Khan was looking at when he said there for sure will never be intergender wrestling. Um, I think we just have to wait for maybe society to progress enough to that would be okay for advertisers. Riley, would you like to add anything? Um, not really. I think Micah covered a lot of a lot of it, and I do. I can see it that way too, where they might lose some viewers, but I know AW is a progressive type of um, wrestling faction or however you want to say it. But I mean, I guess they could always introduce it on dark since that's on YouTube. I don't know if it's going to go on TNT for that extra hour or what they're doing for that extra hour, but um, it'd be nice to see it somewhere in AW. And I think yeah. dark would be really cool, a cool place to introduce it. Cause you won't have, it won't be televised to, you know, almost a million people each Wednesday right. night. So. Right. So my next question is, do you think intergender wrestling could be believable to a casual audience? I know we've already kind of touched on that. Would anybody like to add anything to that before we go to the last question? I think that it gets into that kind of, like we talked about culture Okay. and our cultural, of course, from a cultural standpoint, fighting is bad. Right. So don't fight. So obviously, you know, we set that aside and to do to view this, um, that suspension of disbelief, and we watch it. But you do have that cultural understanding that you don't hit women. Right. Men don't hit women. And that's a good thing to have that as part of our culture. So I don't know if that's something that could, for the casual audience, that like Micah was talking about, you have to think about who's watching and who you're trying to attract. Is is that too big of a wall yeah. to 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 climb? Uh, 
to get to ask those people to set aside that much of their disbelief right. in order to engage with your product. Okay, that makes sense. Would either of you like to add anything to that? Um, yeah, I I was thinking about something and then I forgot it. Mike. Yeah, I think it would I think it would have to be the right time, the right person and you'd have to start with the tags like I said. You'd have to start with the tag teams. You can't just yeah. throw a woman to a man and expect uh, the casual fan to believe it. But if you throw in Kip Sapien and Penelope versus, you know, Kenny and Riho, like we saw, and Penelope gets a few good licks in on Kenny, like if she has even in, I guess, Joey Janela and some other people um, on Dynamite, you know, and she's also obviously very talented um, to have her throw in a few licks. And and you have to, you have to, I hate to say this, but you have to build women up. Yeah. So it becomes believable, just like you would any talent that comes in. You know, if you want to build up Marco Stunt as a competitor, which they have, you have to have him out there for a while, and you have to have him with somebody else to help carry some of the load. Right. Um, so I think that's that would be the way to do it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's an overnight situation. I don't even know if it would happen like in the next five years. Um, I, I don't know how long it would take to to make it believable for one on one action. So I remember yeah. what I was going to say. Okay, go ahead, Riley. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, uh, to go back to what Carol was saying about a man hitting a woman and that being kind of a, a wall there, I think what would be nice to have if we ever did have this intergender thing happen, I mean, obviously the women in that ring want to be in that ring. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're obviously dishing it out, you know, and taking hits because that's what they want but I think it'd be really awesome to see a woman I guess like cut promos trying like leading up to that challenging this like a particular guy or whatever and they're like oh yeah you want to go let's go yeah that type of thing I think that would be really cool you'd have to have a good story leading into it yeah I mean definitely you don't want to just throw them in there and be like okay this guy's hitting this woman what's going on like you have to have some kind of background there and I think to have a woman who really wants to be in that ring with that guy and like beat the mess out of him, I think that'd be really, think, really I fun think, to see. I think the perfect opportunity to be in somebody, bring in somebody like Val Venus, um, they would never do that. But no. if they brought it, because he's obviously had a lot of controversy lately. Well, yeah, he just and, had an issue and, with Nyla Rose. So. Yeah, and and Cody was even saying like, you know, he's building we'll this because he wants to, he wants to get booked. He, right. That's the reason he's saying this. But if you had a character that was uh, not like Valvinus the person, but like Valvinus the character, like somebody really sleazy, maybe yeah. uh, going after somebody, and uh, them saying, you know what, if you want to, if you want to act this way, why don't we have a match next week on Dynamite? And they came out and whooped him. Yeah, that would be pretty empowering, empowering for women. And yeah. honestly, I think it'd be pretty believable. So I, I think, I would, yeah, with like a chain of Basler. Yeah. yeah. It can work with MGF and a strong woman, but the problem is you want MGF as a huge star, so you don't want to job him out right now. Yeah. But MGF is that type of character that could be sleazy yeah. and maybe hit on a woman and she kicks him in the balls, and so he keeps messing with her and they, they eventually get into a fight. Yeah, I, I could totally see that happen. Yeah. yeah, I can also see MJF winning that match um, right. because of his have him being a heel and really sleazy and stuff like that. I could see him... Uh, winning that match in like a kind of a wrong way and then him right. 
being hated a lot more. I think it could be used to that advantage as well for heels yeah, as well. One hundred percent. Man, imagine so, the heat he would get if he went against a woman and they bladed. But like, obviously, yeah. get the woman over in the match. You know, like let her get some, you know, good moves in and and yeah. get her over before yeah. he wins. And, and it would get her over too. Yeah, like right, that would yeah. work out well for both goals. So, right. yeah, good storytelling is the key here. Really, exactly. So I think AEW has good storytelling. I'm just mm. going to put that out there. They do. The rest of the time. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. So before we get to my last question, I'm going to throw a curveball into you for you guys because we kind of touched on this. And and I'm really interested to hear what you think. I grew up during the Attitude Era watching a little bit of ECW, although I wasn't really allowed to watch it as a child. I've gone back and watched it. And violence against women was very commonplace then. I want to know what you guys think about it now. So let's say if there's someone let, – let's talk about Lana. Okay, so we all know we all hate Lana. So if she, I think it would have to be the right scenario, but let's say, for example, if Rusev's fighting Lashley, and at first maybe Lana grabs his leg and tries to trip him, he turns around and warns her. And then next, he turns around and she slaps him in the face, distracts him. Bobby Lashley gets the upper hand again. Then finally, she does something dastardly. She either like pokes him in the eye or kicks him in the balls, something really bad. Then the next time she tries to attack him again, but he counters it and punches her. Is that okay? And Riley, I'll let you start. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Is the person a face or a heel? Because I mean, well, Rusev would be the good guy here, actually, and Lana is the bad guy. Uh, Lana actually cheating and attacking. So she she initiates the attack, and all he's doing is defending himself, even though he's four times bigger than she is. I wouldn't like that. I, and especially like, I mean, with the storyline, especially, I know you're probably just using that as an example, but right. um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I'll, I don't know. Yeah. Don't so know. I have a problem with that specific scenario because as you know, wrestling and spousal abuse have a very thick history. Right. Um, obviously you have certain individuals, I'm not going to go into any names, that have uh, abused their spouses in the past and even came out about it, uh, even recently, uh, spouses yeah. of wrestlers coming out about it. Um, so that's a very real thing. You have a lot of roided up men who, it, you could say it's fake, but they fight for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and they obviously have a lot of anger or aggressiveness, maybe I guess I should say, about them. So, so it kind of goes hand in hand. You, know, you make steroids and aggression and... in in drinking and drug use a lot of times and and that's what you get so there's a a a history of that so i think in that situation uh, if you were to say lana and rusev i don't think you could ever have that work okay now if you want to say the scenario of remember the Rey mysterio andrade feud right and what's the woman's name zelena vega zelena vega so she cost ray the match okay the first time because he was being a gentleman he didn't want to hit her Okay. Right. It's it would only work with someone like Rey Mysterio too, who you would never want to hate. Right. So if you had Rey Mysterio, she's pulling at him, she's trying to make him lose magic. If he just pushed her off right. or pushed her down or hit her with a Hurricane Rana or something. Right. I think that would work. Okay. That's but a, it's a good very specific scenario because you have one, Rey Mysterio, somebody everybody loves, and right. you have a heel female. Which everyone, you know, I don't know that a lot of people were very strongly opinionated about Zelina Vega. Yeah. But uh, she's still booked as a heel. 
and she's been costing him these matches. And for him to kind of stand up for himself, I think that would work almost like standing up against a bully. Right. Uh, but for Lana and Rusev, I don't think that would ever work because I think it would lend itself too much to a spousal abuse angle. I can okay. see that with Penelope Ford too, because you know she does. Isn't that the Hurricane Rana that she does? Yeah, she always she like hits with, people um, with Hurricane Rana and the kicks them in the balls all the time, and, yeah. like all the time. And like um, even the Bunny, she doesn't really do much wrestling moves on the guys. She just distracts them pretty much. But I mean, with Penelope Ford, I mean she does actual wrestling moves on these dudes. And um, the- I mean, and like I've seen Cody and Kenny, like they kind of like look at them like what. And, yeah. and they won't do anything about it because obviously, you know, it wouldn't look good for them to hit the woman. But right. yeah, I mean, I can see somebody doing that to Penelope, Penelope Ford, especially. Yeah. And to be fair, we'll never get proper intergender wrestling as long as that's the mindset mm-hmm. ever. So uh, violence against women, honey, what do you think? I So I like the Rey Mysterio example um, because in that case, it's like he's like, I, I like the way Micah explained it. In the case of the Rusev example, I think the only thing that I can think of that works is Rusev picks her up, holds her over his head for a few seconds, and then throws her out of the ring into, like, the arms of a waiting accomplice or, you know, onto a group of people. Oh, that would be Um, awesome if he, like, threw her to Lashley. Like, here, Lashley, take her. You can have her. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I would be cool. I see him, like, pick her up, and he, like, just holds her up there, and she's struggling, and and then tosses her. Like, I see that. But I don't see a actual strike of any kind. Okay. Working. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now it did during the Attitude Era, but that was a very, very different era, and there's yeah. a lot of things that happened in the Attitude Era that would not work now. And we've touched some of those uh, specifically on the State of Women's Wrestling podcast. You guys should definitely go back and listen to that one. Uh, but yeah, things are very different. So, final question before we go, and honey, I'm going to let you start. Do you think? In the next five years, we will see intergender wrestling in WWE or AEW. Five years? Yeah. AEW, I think so. Okay. At least in its beginning stages. I hope they take it take it their time with it. In WWE, I hope never. Yeah. Frankly, I really do. I don't think they'll do it well. I think they'll At least not while Vince is in charge. They will they will not do it well. That's yeah. that's my answer. Okay, I think Triple H could, but Vince, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, Micah? Stephanie may be more, uh, yeah. a more viable yeah. option than Triple H even. Um, yeah, I definitely see it in AEW, at least intergender tag team wrestling. I don't know that I see the Tessa Blanchard situation uh, where a, a woman's fighting for a, the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I don't know that I ever want to see that in any promotion. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I see intergender wrestling in WWE because it's not the image they're going for. They're going for uh, PG... Very kid friendly. Well, I say, I say very kid friendly, but you know, the fiend's one of their uh, champions, so I don't know how yeah. kid friendly that is. But uh, they're they're going for a more PG approach, unless they change their view on that and try to bring it back to the attitude area to try to uh, uh, go against AEW. But I don't see WWE doing it. Like Carol said, I don't want to see uh, WWE doing it. Um, I I don't want to see intergender wrestling in WWE, even in the format they currently have it. Uh, because it's stupid and doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely see tag matches coming to AEW. I don't know about singles action um, just for the TV fact of it and the advertisers. Um, but, yeah, I think the tag the tag teams are coming on AEW. I don't think they're coming on WWE. And if they did, I think they would be on NXT. Okay. Riley? 
Um, yeah, I definitely can see it in AEW, especially if they started it out on Dark, since they did air that one match on Dark and continued it to kind of build it up and tease it a little bit more. Um, I don't see it on WWE, especially. I mean, they're they're different fans, like right. WWE fans and AEW fans. I mean, obviously they can like both, but I mean, some a lot of them are like strongly WWE and then strongly AEW just because they're right. different. Um, so I, I don't ever see it coming to WWE, and I hope it doesn't. Like if they if it did, it wouldn't go well in my opinion, especially from what I've seen recently. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of WWE, but I, yeah, and there's a reason why, because I've caught up to it, and it's, ugh. but, um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I really would be excited to see AEW intergender tag team mm. um, wrestling. That would be really awesome and entertaining as well, because then you have the guy and guy and girl and girl, but then you can mix it up and be like, oh, that girl just... Did that hurricane run on that one guy? You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's really entertaining. Yeah. Um, so I'd be really excited. You have a lot of interesting angles with uh, intergender tag team wrestling too. Like you could have right. a face that doesn't want to fight the woman. Right. Like if you had Cody and Brandy versus Kip and Penelope, Cody doesn't right. want to hit Penelope. Right. He's the baby face. But Penelope starts whipping on Brandy. Maybe he has to do what he has to do. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we could have some interesting angles. That makes sense. So let's talk uh, real quick before we close. Carol mentioned before we started about um, who could tag with who. So I know obviously we've got Kip and Penelope, Cody and Brandy, Riho and Kenny. Um, who was the other one we mentioned earlier that was technically already like uh, Pac and Nyla yeah, because Pac they Nyla. had that segment together. Mm-hmm. So honey, I'll let you go first. If you were to put together another male and female on the roster, who would it be? I don't want to go first. You don't want to go first? <laughs> Micah, why don't you go first? Uh, I'm not sure if she's even full-time. Well, I know she's not full-time on AEW, but I don't even know if she's signed to a contract. But I think B Priestley and Jimmy Havoc would be an interesting team because yeah. neither one of them are doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jimmy Havoc's building a uh, uh, feud with Luther, and yeah. you don't know that if you haven't watched Dark because it hasn't been said on TV because it's not important. But, uh, yeah, I don't – There's. I don't know of a whole lot of options, but I would like to see B Priestley be yeah, B Priestley more often. Um, I can't say that I want to see Jimmy Havoc more often. He hasn't proved that to me so yeah. far. Um, but I think their look obviously goes together, and to see them build a, a faction together would be pretty cool. Uh, they would just go together pretty well. I would like to see some matchups that don't really go together so well. I think right. that would be pretty funny. Uh, maybe like a uh let's say like jungle boy imagine if you put like jungle boy and chris statlander that would be fun yeah oh would. yeah yeah because yeah, he's he's so outlandish she's so outlandish and he would be so curious about her and she'd be so curious about him oh yeah that'd uh, be really cool that's actually really cool i think that'd be really cool they're obviously building towards orange cassie and chris statlander but um i was right. gonna say that one i was gonna say yeah that one. <laughs> i, I would love that. to see that i would love to see it because yeah, they're I both they kind of strange yeah, they may have yeah. They've wrestled each other before in, yeah. in the oh, ring. Really? In the ring. Well, that's just. <laughs> Honey, you got someone now? Yeah, I, talking about like a disparity. I think like Darby Allen and Yuka Sakazaki would be cool. Because they're both. <laughs> like, would be really awesome. Cool. They're like high flyers and they're fast, but they're so different in character. It would be funny. Yeah. And they're good. I mean, they're yeah. so good. Hmm. That I would see be that. cool. What about you, Riley? Um. 
I well, so Micah stole mine, and then Carol <laughs> had a really nice one. I would so Carol, I would really like to see them against Riho and Kenny. That'd be really mm. cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would like to see any of it. I'm so excited. You should see my smile right now. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're talking about this because it just means that uh, it's hopefully close to happening. Um, yeah. I'm excited about it. I want to see Dr. Britt Baker and Sammy Guevara. I want to see Dr. Britt Baker. Actually oh, that'd be good. Yep. And I want to see Sammy Guevara consistently, weekly hit on her. And I want her to constantly <laughs> turn him down because she's dating someone that is, in AEW terms, totally dead. Adam yeah, Cole is a dead. She's a, she's a widow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm still grieving. Like That would, that would be terrific, wouldn't it? Maybe she would come to the ring dressed in black. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> that would be, that would be hilarious. Really, really funny. Um, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am Wrestle Life Matt, and we are here for Wrestle Life Radio. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio, and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. You can follow my sweet, sweet Carrie at uh, Carolson.wordpress.com, also on Instagram and YouTube. As Carolson. Mm-hmm. What about you, Riley? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Rybugsen, R-I-B-U-G-S-E-N-N. And you can't find Micah on, on any social media, even though he's on there. But if you, you look can find enough, me, you can, you find, can find me at Wrestle Life Radio. <laughs> I, I, all the funny posts you see on there, that's all me. That is 100% <laughs> true. If you if you just recently saw the Super Kick Mortal Kombat mashup, that was that was a pretty great one. Yeah, all the boring posts, that's Matthew. I was about to say, well, look, I got a job to do, okay? I got things to, I got things I have to post. Come on, come on. Uh, all joking aside, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We very much appreciate you joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this this uh, discussion. If you have any thoughts yourself, please leave a comment below. You're also welcome to call in. And we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Angels.